Good afternoon. This is Black Girl from Eugene, and I am Aisha Elliott. Um, it has been a minute, and I'm hoping you guys can hear me okay, because I am cooking and thinking and cooking and thinking. And so the phone um, and the recording devices that I'm using are not right at my face. So I'm hoping this works out. Um, anyway, it has been a minute since I've been able to talk to you all, and so I miss you dearly. It's been three weeks since my last uh, podcast, and so much has been happening in the world, and of course in the world, um, so much has been happening for us individually, and I am not immune to any of this. So um, 2022 has come out swinging. So um, I want to say today you are going to get me and I haven't done this style of podcasting in a long time, meaning that I have not actually just talked off the cuff of what I'm feeling and how I'm doing and what I'm thinking. Um, I usually have a guest on which you guys know if you all have been following me. Um, before we get started, as usual, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon uh, followers and Patreon supporters. My Patreon literally keeps this going and $5 of support each month um, ongoing has been a lifeline for this podcast. So I super appreciate those of you who um, have become a Patreon, who have maintained their Patreon status, and who have um, tell their friends about it so that they can also join the Patreon. I really, really appreciate it. If you're not a Patreon supporter, $5 a month, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Black girl from Eugene underscore one, and you will find me there. And Patreon um, is something that you can find. Uh, Google P A T E R O N dot com. All right, so um, this is a, a voice recording today, so I'm actually not um, uh, on Facebook with this particular uh, podcast, but I will jump on later just to kind of do a free for all question answer, see how everyone's doing. So if you do follow me on Facebook, hop on over there um, and check me out and I'd be happy to see you there as well. So I'm I'm like at a miss of like of the world right now. It's just so much going on. We're on the last day of Black History Month and I have done a lot of work in the community and a lot of work across the country trying to educate mostly white folks, but there's black folks and indigenous people and people of color involved in my trainings as well. But the majority is definitely white folks. Um, my lectures that I've been giving, same thing. And, um, and I, you know, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And as time goes on, you start to want to look back on the folks that you have worked with and look back on the institutions that I have engaged with and collaborated with and look to see where the change is coming from. And I'm just like, or the, where the change is starting. And I'm just so, so um, just mystified at how difficult it is for privileged people to step forward and create change against what is, what is their norm. Even when given all the tools, it's so hard for people to realize that racism is not outside of them. Racism is within you, right? You carry it around. Black folks, brown folks, we have internalized ra racial oppression that we battle with. You know, white folks have internalized racial superiority complex, which they battle with. So, you know, it is something that 
I, if you don't understand that the systems are what make this seem like it's supposed to be okay and it's supposed to be good, then and and realize you are separate from that system, um, you know it's easy to see and say and hear that when you have adversity in your life because you see how the system works against you. You see how, you know, just as simple as not having a door that fits your wheelchair through the front of it. Like as a regular, you realize how invisible you are. It's super, super simple. But when you're privileged, you literally, and it's designed that you don't see shit around you. So when anyone of color says some shit is wrong, you got to realize you wouldn't know it anyway. Right. So when someone says it, it's the truth, you know, Um, and so it's so it's up to you, white folks, to actually be able to sit back and go, why don't I see what they're saying? Not something must be wrong with them because their reality is different than mine. That shit don't make sense. So, you know, it's it's that kind of um, humility that people believe that they have, that they really just can't realize that they don't, especially when it comes to racism. Racism is like a hot, searing, jabbing metal thing going into the side of their body. I don't understand. It's very, very difficult. And I say all of this on the, on the, uh, on the heels of watching Ukraine and the nationalism of Ukraine is wild uh, a lot of Euro- European countries have this very thick nationalism. And, um, you know, we talk about all the time where Africans go over to these European countries and they're like, oh, no, you're not African anymore. You're French. You're not, you know, you're not African anymore. You're Ukrainian. And it's like, well, why can't I be African and Ukrainian? And it's got this whole big problem, right? So a lot of folks are talking about now that the Ukrainian, how everyone is fleeing and black folks who are there, African people who are there, um, black by skin color, African by ethnicity. Culturally, I don't know what to tell you, but they are all being um, being rejected from the the fleeing, like from the trains and the buses. They're not being wholeheartedly rejected. They're being told they go last, right? And that there's videos of people and black folks going, oh, they're telling all the black men to, to you go last. And um, the black women and children are going, but they're going last and they're being put to the end of the thing. And, and you know, we talk about anti-blackness as global, as diaspora. You know, in the United States, we're screaming about racism and, and oppression, which is happening all throughout the world. And I think that sometimes people get um, confused about how that it looks similar and that, and that it is the same. It's not the same, but it is the same. It's like same, same, but different. Anti-blackness is everywhere. It's global, right? Racism is everywhere. It's global. And at the same time, it is always seen differently. But my whole thing and my whole beef about this is not about um, anti-race, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, racism being global because, duh, right? Colonialism was not just for the United States. Um, But, you know, it's historically, it's deep. It's woven into the the systems that were created post-colonial. Uh, time. So that's not my problem. At this point in 2022, like I realize that I've traveled the world, I've lived in different countries, I understand what racism looks like in other places. And, you know, and when you when you're black, you know, you're looking more, you're looking even past racism and going into anti blackness, right. And so even in that space of that, that, um, yeah, I realize anti blackness is uh, follows the diaspora wherever we go throughout the world. But this is my problem. Like, you know, these are Nigerian folks in Ukraine that were saying they were being pushed last. And, you know, like I said, no doubt, no doubt. Um, 
However, my issue here and there and really everywhere is that black folks, we have to stop looking at these white folks as if they know. I'm telling you, they don't. Okay. I'm telling you, they are struggling with the concepts. I'm telling you, they are struggling with themselves to be able to step forward and to say, I don't believe we should do this project because this project disproportionately affects black people. They're having a hard time doing that because of their jobs, because of their security, because of their privilege. We cannot continue to push on them. So because they're not there. They're not there. They're not ready. The people who are there, they're just as far as few as the people, the black people who are leading black people are the white people who are, who are able to be actual, who we, are, who we are accepting as allies. The truth is the truth is the truth. Stop me when I'm lying, right? So the thing is, is that black folks, brown folks, why aren't we banding together to create our own system of, of salvage, right? We are so traumatized that it's hard for us to see each other as people who can band together and uh, unilaterally, unilaterally uh, be, be a group of people who can, who can support each other regardless, right? Regardless of which side of town you're from, what project you're working on, if you go to church or not, all those things, we still got that problem. Right. So so and I'm talking about folks really like in the United States. And I because I've never I've never myself traveled to Africa, although I have traveled to all of the Central American countries and a few of the South American countries. I stay on this side. I've not been to any continent. I'm sorry, any country in the continent of Africa. But my family has and not um, and we as a family don't think of ourselves as black um, like nationalists to the United States. Like we are a global black family, meaning that there is no blackness in this world that does not reflect myself in it. So I can go anywhere and I'm a part of that community. Um, now they see me as American. That's true. And I don't deny that national, uh, that nationalism that is put on put onto my back. But when it comes to equity, when it comes to con- connected hearts and spirits and souls and consciousness, I am a diaspora. I am a part of the diaspora, right? So that is where my mindset comes from. That's why I say I'm multicultural, right? Because culturally, black folks are everywhere and we have different cultures, whether or not our skin is dark the same, which my skin is light, their skin is black, black. I mean, whichever way we have culture from mine to theirs all the way across and it's still you know, it's still us. It's still, we are still uh, connected, right, through an ancestral connection. So that is how I believe. So when I look at problems like what's going on in Ukraine, and I look at the United States, United States told the United States folks, "We will give you money. Get out of this. Get out of Ukraine. Get out now. Um, get to the embassy. If you can't get out, we will get you out." Now I'm looking at all the black folks and African people who are there, who are still struggling. They are from Ukraine, and some of them are. A good majority of the people I've seen and researched were from Nigeria. Nigeria, where is the Nigerian government coming to get their people, right? Where is, where is um, you know, when it comes to, to us here in the United States and we've got our children who are, um, who are failing in schools because of the, the abject um, and pointed racism that we all recognize systemically within the school systems for our students, our communities have to create what we do not see. At some point, 
the system, I'm not saying you don't press against the system continuously, but we cannot wait for the system. We cannot wait and we cannot continue to complain that the system is not answering to us, right? We, we have to continue to push the system to answer to us. That is true. And same time, slash and, the creation of our, of our systems for our students have to be in place. We have to do that. We have to bring back the neighborhoods. We have to bring back the grandmas. We have to bring back the reading sessions and study sessions that we used to have, right? We have to bring that back. And it doesn't have to be at church. It can be at the park. It can be accessible to everyone. And so I'm just sitting around doing my thing, trying to figure out what I feel in these uh, very wild, changing times. And sometimes it just gets very hard for me to uh, think about what we're supposed to be doing next in order to create a global uh, awareness of this outside insidiousness that is white supremacy culture. And it's just kind of like as we're watching Putin telling people, oh, this is what I think it is, so this is what it will be. I mean, goddamn, how much more, how much clearer can it get? That shit is like right in our face. I mean, he is demonstrating, he is demonstrating this, this level of complete immunity, uh, impunity to, to all things that matter because he's one, white, and two, he's got money. <laughs> he's like, stop me if you want to, try if you think you can. He's like, he literally told Biden, bitch, please. Like, he literally said, you ain't got shit to stop me, Right? which he wasn't lying. We had to call in everybody and the grandmama to cut off sanctions and do all these things and, and, and uh, cut the bank and cut the access and cut the money. And we had to give arms to Ukraine and we had to do all these things. This is not over. This is just beginning. As a matter of fact, this is a part of a system and cycle that has been going on since, you know, 2016, right? Or, and I would even say, a little bit before that, unfortunately, Putin has been a problem. White supremacy has been a problem in this scenario, in this scenario. And people are like, well, you know, this is white on white crime, right? This is Ukraine against Russia, and these are white. Po-. The thing is, is that globally, it affects us all, right? And black folks, you know, we're going to get the last of it anyway. So it really affects us. Right? It extremely affects us because we're going to get the least of the least of the least. And they're going down hard. These white folks are about to lose privileges that they've never, ever lived without. Now, us, we can be like, well, shit, we know how this goes, right? We know how this works. But at the same time, we're still going to be the last to get the access. So, what are we supposed to be looking at right now? Right? What are we supposed to be looking at? We, I am in support of Ukraine because I understand as a sovereign nation, the, the fact, just the act, the simple act of, of a hair up Putin's ass wants to come in and, and, um, and, and invade a nation that is not attached, sovereign, sovereign by itself, not attached. That is a threat to everyone, everyone in the world. We're facing World War III, World War III in a very real way. And you know they've been talking about this forever, right? For the last, at least the last 10 years, here we are. This is a process. This has been going on. This unfolding of systems has been happening right in front of us. I, I get so annoyed looking at Facebook and everyone talking about, you know, 
other simple shit that just doesn't matter. And at the same time, of course, you know, here we are, us doing what we do in the United States, you know, like, like we're cut off. We're pissed off because gas is high. Do we understand that people are gouging the billionaires that own the gas companies and, the, and, and are, are don't need, I mean, inflation is one thing, but they're actually taking it up so they can get even more money because they can? Like we got it, like the system is a serious problem, but when we got people of privilege who refuse to look at what they can do within the system to help, we got this, I don't know what we're doing, right? Like I don't know what we're doing. And so anyway, I'm just like sitting around looking out my window, looking at the wind blowing, you know, finally it's not exactly freezing. Um, It's a little warmer, but I just am just trying to figure out my spot and place in the world as I want to teach and give knowledge and give perspective and give space. But at the same time, I'm like, it's 2022. And I I just see a lot of wounded people and a lot of scared people who are scared to speak their mind and scared what they might lose while the whole world is losing everything. You know, like put it into perspective you you saying white folks saying in their place of work that this policy or this practice we have is racist at its core or i don't understand racism because i i know that i'm privileged but i see black people leaving our business all the time what are we doing what are we what are we doing what are we doing right not not what what do they want it's not what do they want it's what are you doing what black people want and what people of color want and what indigenous people want is space to live freely. What you are doing is preventing that. And if you don't realize what you are doing, not what they want, they, what we want, right? Then it won't get fixed. This is an internal conversation, just like the conversation around oppression is internal, right? How long are we going to keep asking these black folks now, are we going to keep playing nice in a, in a system that does not, does not protect us, right? Now, I'm not advocating violence. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we need to stop asking and start building. And because we're so broken, just like white folks are so broken, it's, we're still scrapping for the, the, for the uh, we're scrapping each other for what happens, uh, for what the white folks don't even know they have. And they're over here so scared to let it go. They're like, what is it that they want? We want you to understand you're holding all the goods. How? I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, it's internalized, this ignorance, this dissonance. And when it comes to black folks, I'm going back and forth and back and forth. I do realize, you know, I'm just like, can we, at some point, we're either teaching and we need to be surviving, but we need to be more than surviving. We need to be growing. In order to grow, we need to heal. And we are not healing. We are not slowing down to talk to each other. Brothers are not slowing down to find out why they feel like they feel and do what they do with the women in their lives they, or the, the people in their lives. You know, why is it so hard to accept concepts of society? that are not biblical to you? Why is it so hard to accept, right? 
This is the thing. This is the thing. If we just can't accept each other, how are we supposed to move on? This is healing. This takes time. But without it, we're still asking someone to help. And we've said over and over again, how many times we say it? How many times we say it? Ain't nobody out here loving black folks. Right? And white folks, don't act like you can come running to the rescue. Because you got healing to do yourself. Right? And ain't nobody asking you to rescue anyone. That's the whole point. We're asking you to get right. So we can have space. So we can get right. We can't get right when we can't breathe. You know? It's, it's piles on top of each other over and over. It's just that we, we're intersectional. We cannot move on without the other. We need each other to do the work. The work is internal. It is that simple. White folks, that means you. You, directly you as an individual, yes, you. Liberal white woman, yes, you. Liberal white man, yes, you. Hey, liberal, non-binary, gay, LGBTQIA, you, yes, you. We're looking at you inside. We're asking you to go inside and find out what your relationship to racism is. And you know, people hire me all the time and I do a good job. People love working with me. I have a good reputation. I have a good, um, I have an excellent sense of, of growth and, and support for this type of work. And I still cannot make white folks look inside themselves. That is a work that you have to do, right? I could be looking you dead in your face, telling you about it, and you thinking about your cousin, not you. You thinking about a friend that you heard say something racist one time, but you're not thinking about you. See, that's the problem. You got to be thinking about you because that's who I'm talking to. That's who hired me. You did. You had some indication that some shit ain't right. It doesn't matter. The policy is written by you and supported by you. The systems are supported by you, right? So it's you that has to look inside of you and decide why you think being a know-it-all to whatever the hell and to whoever the hell doesn't have white supremacy written all over it. I'm just saying it's an observation, you know? So, uh, this is one of those days, and these are one of these podcasts, where when I think about all the folks and workarounds and um, all the people out here doing the work, and when I say doing the work, meaning that, like, you know, actually saying, why do I believe in these things? Why do I do these things? Why do I stop short of saying that person was a black person, that person was a, was a uh, you know, indigenous person? Why do I stop short? Look, that's a question for you to answer. I live in a predominantly white space. I have grown up in a predominantly white space. Thank God I moved out of this space for a good 17 years, or I would have never been able to recognize my own internalized uh, um, oppression. Thank God I moved around the world for 17 years, learning and knowing other black and brown people throughout the diaspora of this world. Thank God, right? And not only thank God for those 17 years that I did that and my mother and my father gave that to me, but I was able to see where I didn't know. And I was able to open that up and allow them to teach me what I didn't know about myself and about them. That has 
that's because of adversity. Privileged people don't, privileged people struggle with that. It's as if it's a suggestion on the side. No. People in the Caribbean, people here, we're living side by side. People in Ukraine and people living here, we're living side by side. Nuclear bombs hit there, you don't think it's going to bother us here? We're living in the same world. We're side by side. And I'm saying this as a black woman with anti-blackness being in their policy right now. And I still know that we're sitting side by side. I still recognize that one day, one day the world will wake up and say, oh, we did not do that right. One day an individual will wake up and say, enough is enough. This whole thing has to stop. One day, it'll be on the right side, meaning the side that reduces pain and creates healing, not on the side that brings power and and punitive actions for more power and money. One day, I pray and hope and wish and manifest and, and vibe and energy that one day we will actually be human because we're struggling at the moment. We're struggling hard at the moment. So I want to um, not make this too long because I know that I can make it long and I can just be talking to y'all. And um, this is, like I said, of just a voice recording that I'm dropping off. And I'm going to drop this on all podcast platforms that, in which I do. And then I will jump on Facebook a little bit later. So if you join me on Facebook and if you couldn't join me live, that's totally fine. It re- will be recorded and shared. Um, so I just want to drop a couple of those perspectives for y'all and see... It's heavy, it's heavy, it's heavy. But here we are, and if we've, if we've made it this far, we have some soul contract to say that we're supposed to be here. So let's do the very best we can to impact on what we, make, and make our presence impactful, a positive impact that we can possibly do, not just going to work and coming back and not trying to actively not hurt people, <laughs> right? But let's try to actively heal ourselves therefore reverberating to other people. I think that's the master plan, especially when we feel so weak and so tired, you know, so weak and so tired for all myriads of of issues, none better or worse, but just a damn myriad of issues. So I I just want to encourage that, you know, um, I'm getting tired of people being like, just be kind. I mean, we do need to be kind. I mean, like, goddamn, yes, like, duh, right? But at the same time, like, can we just be real? (laughs) Just be real. Look, man, I'm tired. I hear you, right? So, um, and, you know, and I do realize uh, kind and and tired and all that looks different for all of us. We're all in the same damn shitstorm riding different boats, okay? We are in different boats. So we have to recognize and accept that some folks with the bigger boats have bigger responsibilities, right? For the ones that don't. And there is no judgment into why. We know what the why is. Systemically, it was created just like that. There's only a certain amount of wood to build these boats, right? And the ones who took it over get the biggest pieces. 
So let's just let's just try to make 2022 as intentionally healing, which does not mean comfortable. <laughs> FYI, does not mean comfortable. It just means honest. And it just means showing up to the truth. Perfectionism is something that kills white folks. Man, I tell you what, they can't get past it. We're not asking for perfection. We're asking for a voice to step up and step in. That's what we're asking. Disrupt the system so we can get a, spe- we can get a moment, right? Disrupt the system so we can get a moment. And I just want to look at the Ukraine government and just be like, I did not know until now. Well, well, until that shit with Trump, when they first did the whole, the first impeachment and the phone call and all that shit. I did not realize that that poor, what he is, the president of Ukraine is only 44 years old. Like, my God, we are the same age. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm looking at him and I, re- and I did not know that he was not, he has no political background. Like, holy shit. Now, I'm not judging him at all because man is doing what he got to do. And he's doing it like people would want people to want him to do now. But I'm just like, if you ain't never had some pressure on you, you're in a sovereign nation and being invaded by fucking Russia. Like, I don't care. I'm not even looking at race, Right. I'm looking at humanity. I'm looking at what we're trying to build. And I'm looking at the fact that this is like this, this level of, of recklessness for human life, for, the, for the, just the pandering of, of wealth, right? Not the pandering, but the, the aggressive greed and, and snatching <laughs> you know, for the money is so gross, and it just feels like, damn, even through this pandemic, we still doing that. And I think through the pandemic, we can also recognize that there's not that many billionaires in the world. So I hope most of us are starting to understand how this system is working against all of us when it comes to economics. And most of us when it comes to historical violence and justification to continue to do so. This is our time to do better. This is our time to stand right in our space that we belong in. And white folks, you have a big opportunity here to stop the bullshit here at home. Stop the anti-blackness. Stop the excuses. Stop. Just stop. Look inside. Find out why it's so damn hard to recognize the indoctrination from day one has been that black folks don't count. And now you're wrestling with that when we say it's in within you too. All you got to do is look around your household. I know you like black music because the, the crux of music all over is black. You know, how many people have their album covers? Black folks face on their house. You like poetry? You like dancing? Got black folks around that? You have any you know, black food? People in your family know it's black? Do, they, do you talk about it? Do you visit it? I'm just saying. Ask yourself the questions. All right. This is Aisha Elliott. And I am Black Girl from Eugene. And I am doing my thing. 
the best that I can. And I hope that you all are doing your thing the best that you can. And then I'm going to challenge y'all to do it a little bit better. Because <laughs> you know what they say, Maya Angelou's quote, once you know better, you must do better. All right. Peace out. Love to everyone. And I will see you. I promise I will do better to come on more often um, as my life hopefully gives some slowing down of the drama. Um, I don't know if I even, oh, I guess I haven't even been on because I caught COVID. Bad case of COVID. Y'all might be able to hear it in my voice. I'm still not quite 100%. I had a surgery. I have, you know, I'm now have my children. I have my, not my children, my grandchildren um, full time. So a lot has changed, but this was going to smooth out. And Black Girl from Eugene is who I am. And it is the, the center of what I do. So I will be regulating my podcast once again, and I will be coming on more often. But hang in there with me, y'all. I, I need the support. I believe in the support. And support humbles me and gets me here every single time. So I appreciate you. Have a wonderful week. And talk to you soon. Peace.